is a word from the Lord. I need to ask permission. Do I have permission to preach this? Because it's, it's already 10 minutes after 12, and I know about 5 to 1. Y'all put the finger up and getting ready. Tell somebody, don't you tip, don't you dip, and don't you sleep. Amen. God has a word for us on this day. Once a year, we celebrate the significance of worship. And God has asked us to pause from the series that we're in the midst of uh, to share this special message that God has given us, a special assignment for today. Is there anyone in here who love worship? Are there any real worshipers? Amen. Amen. This message is for you. The text for our message today is found in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 6, verses 14, as well as verses 20 to verse 22. And we're reading from the New King James Version. Very familiar passage of scripture concerning King David, the worshiper, the praiser, the royal priest, uh, his testimony. Here is what God said in verse 14, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14 says, Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Hmm. David was wearing his linen ephod his, under his priestly garment, not his royal garment. <laughs> verse 20 says this, Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, his wife, came out to meet David, said to him in such a, this is my word, these are my words, sarcastic voice, judgmental voice. She looked at him and says, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base or the low-level fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. <laughs> so David said to his beloved wife, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord and over Israel. Therefore, I will play my music before the Lord. <laughs> and I love verse 22. And just for the record, wife, I will be even more undignified than this. We ought to stop right there. <laughs> I can be even more undignified than this. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Do me a favor, reach over and catch someone by the hand as we bless. The subject for today's message, 
into someone's spirit. Hold those hands. This is a testimony. This is your testimony, even if you don't even know it yet. <laughs> Some of you got testimonies that you don't even know about. Amen. Hold those hands. Squeeze those hands. Look at somebody and say, there is a story behind my praise. Oh, good God Almighty. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. But as you take your seat, just, just look over at somebody and say, you picked the right Sunday to sit by me. Because there is a story behind my praise. I know you don't sing with the right tune. Sometimes you clap off beat. And some of you are louder than what some folk would have you be. I'm preaching already. But look at somebody and say, there is a story behind this praise. Is there anybody in here that know that you've got a story behind your praise? Listen, in this message, our message that God has given us for this day, this special day in which we celebrate worship and art. And let me also join in in celebrating our dear and our leader, Sister Frances Williams. Help me celebrate what God is doing. Amen. For here's what God said. When God gave me this assignment, God said to me that worship is transformational. In other words, it changes you. The power of worship can change your life. So God said to me, I need you to talk about the transformational power of worship, but do it from a personal perspective. <laughs> and although corporate worship is important, and it is certainly a part of our religious experience. The truth is, and you all help me with this, look at somebody and say, worship is personal. <laughs> Corporate worship is all right, but real worship is not you dancing in church. And I, I said to the church system I read earlier, I, I have been around church folk long enough and I have seen my share of fake praise. <laughs> I, I was young. I used to be impressed with singers and gospel artists that come and tear the house up until I saw how they lived at the church. And, and I just, I said, Lord, I, I am not impressed with folk whose testimony doesn't back up their gifts and anointing. And so God said, real worship is greater, and corporate worship is good because the Bible tells us, forsake not to assemble thyself together. The Bible tells us, as David said, I was glad when it said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, real worship is between you 
and the Lord. Real worship is in your house, in your bedroom slippers, walking around in your house coat, walking around with the rollers up in your hair, walking around with no makeup on, nothing but just you and God. And you can hallelujah. And Mother Lord had it right when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all he's done for me. Don't fool me. Now, how many of you ever had your best worship when nobody else was around? You did not need a praise leader to encourage you to praise God. You did not need a band or musicians to get you hyped up. You woke up in the morning and because you could breathe, you felt like you owed God a praise. <laughs> Let everything that have breath, praise God. You, you threw your hands up just by yourself and you knew how to praise God when nobody else was around and your hallelujahs came out of your mouth not because you were encouraged to say it. It was because it was in the inside of you. And when you just thought of one thing that God did for you, that nobody but God could do. You had to praise God. Some folk in the house thought you were losing your mind. But your worship was personal. Woo! May I preach? Look at somebody and say, it's personal. Uh, in fact, it is perhaps one of the most intimate and personal ways to express ourselves and our gratitude to the Lord God, our creator, who is responsible for all of our blessings. The Bible puts it this way, all good and perfect things come from the Lord. Now, I know some of you are just that qualified, that deep. You are that accomplished. You have those kind of credentials that you perhaps can make everything work out for yourself. And God bless you. I am so proud of you. But for the rest of us who really know the real deal, and we know that despite our degrees, our credentials, our qualifications, that if it had not been for the Lord that was on our side, somebody in here, no, it wasn't a degree, a professor, it's not your job, it's not how much money is in the bank, it's not your DNA or bloodline, but it's the fact that God has been good to you. And the only reason you're still here is because God's mercies did not run out. It is of the Lord's mercies we have not been consumed. His compassion faileth not. It is renewed every morning. Look at somebody and say, I know why I'm here. I, I, I know why I'm doing as good as I am doing. It's because God has been good to me. Look, look, I, we know it. I know the expression. I use it all the time, particularly in politics. It says success has many fathers. That means people love to take credit for whatever success you enjoy. And they say, oh, I had something to do with it. I, I made you the way you are. I helped you uh, along the way. You may have been an instrument, uh, but you were not the driving force. Amen. I, I, I don't know about you, but somebody in here know that if God had not done what he had done, I, I, I know you matriculated and you got all the things going for you, but think of the fact who gave you the ability to retain knowledge. 
Some of us are so broke we couldn't pay attention. But God made a way. And then God helped us all along the way. Is there anybody in here know that there have been times in your life in which God guided you in the right direction even when you didn't have sense enough to go where you wanted to go or where you needed to go? Somebody declare, but God. Joseph said to his brothers, having been elevated to the governor of Egypt, <laughs> uh, they bowed down before him. He said, get up. I am not God, but I've got a message for you. What you meant for evil, God meant it for my good. How many of you are so glad that despite uh, what the enemy tried to do, God still bless you? If, if the enemy, if some of your haters would have had their way, some of us would not be here today. But but God, God, God can do what no other power <laughs> can do. Listen, worship is important. We are told in Psalms 96 in verse 9, the New Living Translation says that we ought to worship God in the splendor. Uh, of holiness in the holy let us tremble before the Lord King James says in the beauty of his holiness each one of us each one of us this is personal each one of us we all have our own personal stories concerning God's grace and God's mercies uh, am I in the right place stories of how God delivered us Stories of how God healed us. Stories of how God made a way out of nowhere. Stories of how the bullet missed. <laughs> Stories of how you were in the wrong place at the wrong time and, and God still protected you. Stories of how you should have lost your mind. Five stories of how your spouse unexpectedly died and, and, and the devil thought you would never praise God again, but you're still here praising God. Stories of how, Lord, I don't even know how I can get up out of the bed in the morning, but somehow the joy of the Lord is your strength. Ah, yeah. Somebody ought to help me praise God. Somehow God keeps making waves over and over and over again. And when you almost gave up, God held back the hand of the adversary and said, not now. Touch not my anointed. Do my prophet no harm. God said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The enemy came in one way and God made them flee seven different ways. I'm preaching to somebody in here that has a story about how good God has been. Look at somebody and say, I've got a story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day lies. Somebody ought to help me praise God. I know you don't, you, don't, you don't act this way every Sunday, but this is the one Sunday where you can praise God. This is the one Sunday you can unfold your arms, uncross your legs. The one Sunday you can clap your hand, you can open your mouth. One Sunday you can throw your head back and shabbat. 
God for all God has done. If there is one thing God has done for you that only God could have done for you, then in the next 10 seconds, you owe God the best, crazy, undignified kind of... about what God has done for you like you. Can I say that again? And I am so glad that God is not on social media. I am so glad that God doesn't have to, like somebody we know on Pennsylvania Avenue, have to tweet out every success that he has done. I am so glad that every time God blesses us, he doesn't have to tell the world. In other words, there are some untold stories woo, of how God brought you out that no one around you, no one in your life, not your family, not your co-worker, no one knows about it but you. It is personal between you and God. Is there anybody in here has a story like that? A story that God did something for you. You not, not only did you almost slip, the truth of the matter is you slipped. Preach, Pastor Jackson. You messed up. You did wrong. But God created in you a clean heart, renewed in you a right spirit. And some of us have some secret sins that God blessed us with and God kept our secret a secret. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Aren't you so glad that God doesn't have to turn the light on in your closet? I know how judgmental we are, and we judge people. Why they act like that? They need to do all of that. They need to come out of the closet. You ought to be glad that God allowed you to stay in the closet with all your business and as mean and hateful as you were and all the things that God did. You almost drunk your crazy self to death, but God... Somebody say, but God. I got to preach this. In fact, no one really knows your testimony like you do. It doesn't matter how close they are. My mother and I are as close as you can get. We see each other or talk every day of the week. But there's some things that her son went through that I can't even tell mama about. Ooh, there's some things in my life after 39 years of marriage I can't even tell my wife about. There's some things that God brought me through that, ooh, that only God could do. There were some times that, Brother Gerard, I didn't even know that I could make it. I said, Lord, I don't know how much longer I can go. And God sent an encouraging spirit when there was no, in, in, in fact, I had to encourage myself. 
in the Lord our God. Is there anybody in here that just before the breakdown, God sent a breakthrough and God delivered you? There have been times when pain racked your body. You could barely get out of the bed and you press your way. But when you worship God, it was the greatest pain relief you ever felt. The pain didn't go away. The joy just overtook the pain. You had more joy than pain. Somebody ought to praise God. I was visiting my great doctor the other day, and he gave me something. It blessed me, Dr. Okarik. I went back home and thought about this. We were talking about a, a, a medication that a lot of you know about called gabapitin. And he said, that's for stuff. He said, but, but, but you do know that it does not take the pain away. It, 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 it's just minimized the symptoms. And I said, oh, that's a preaching word there. Sometimes you wake up, you still have pain, but God gave you a shot of spiritual gabapitin. And, 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 and although the pain is, is, is there, you just don't feel it like you used to. The trembles aren't there. The pain of your arm isn't there. Why? Because the joy supersedes the pain. Is there anybody in here got more joy than pain? It's not that you don't have pain, but you've got so much joy that you don't even concentrate on your pain. You got 30 seconds to give God your best praise. Stop God did. Somebody say, but God. And since no one really knows your testimony like you do, I'm going somewhere. That means no one can really praise God about your testimony like you do. I know it's all right to ask folk to help me praise God. But the truth of the matter is that it's your story. It has to be your praise. Can I get a witness? Anybody in here know you have a story? God said it's your story. It has to be your praise. It is personal. Ooh, and that's why it, 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 it confuses me when, when, when folk don't like to praise God. Uh, because I know you have a story. And I understand everybody's praise are not as, inter, not as outward as some folk. But, but every now and then, just, just not every Sunday, but, but just every now and then. Because more at least some folk, one Sunday out of the month, your toes ought to wiggle. I just... I mean, every now and then, when you think of the goodness of the Lord, and even if you're too cute to clap your hands, your, your fingers ought to just wiggle a little bit and say, whoa, God has been good to me. I could have lost my life in that accident, but God, when I lost all my money, I still paid my bills. When I got laid off, I still kept my lights on. Somebody in here got a story. You went through chemo and radiation, and you still have joy. You lost a loved one but you can still praise God. Look at somebody and say you ought to have at least one praise. One thing that only God can do and has done for you. Look at the text. In this 
sacred text. David, perhaps the greatest worshiper of all times. This is one of my favorite stories of David. For allow me to set the text up. David, in the previous chapter, had just become king of Israel at uh, Brother Jonathan, 30 years old. David is now the king of all of Israel. Uh, he, he makes his headquarters in Jerusalem, but something is missing. The Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. See, real leaders seek the presence of God. They, 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 they aren't basing their success on their own uh, credentials, but they have to have the presence of God. So David said, I, I need the presence of God in my life. The Philistine had captured the ark through a contest through war, and the ark had been away from Jerusalem for a long time. And although Deacon Thompson, the ark was only seven miles from Jerusalem, it was as if it was a thousand miles David understood that if I'm going to be successful as a king, I must have the presence of God dwell where I am. And so he set out to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. And he goes and he, and he captures it. And on its way back, uh, something happened that did not go according to plan. Let me fast forward this. Uh, one of the men carrying the ark, well, the ark was on an oxen. One of the men touched the ark as the ark was slipping. His name was Uzziah. And Uzziah lost his life because the Bible says, outside of the priest, no one is to touch the ark. He loses his life. David gets a little discouraged. And so he says, I'm not sure if I ought to continue this journey. And so he allows the ark to live in the house of Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom's house housed the ark. I'm going somewhere. And here's what the Bible said. The Bible says, because the presence of God was in Obed-Edom's house, Everything in his house was blessed. His dog was blessed. His cat was blessed. His children was blessed. Everything in his front door, back door, his grass was greener. Everything, his garden grew good. Every, everything about the house of Obed-Edom was blessed. Why? Because the presence of God lived there three months it abided in the house of Obed-Edom. Someone said to David, David, you ought to change your perspective uh, because I don't think there's a curse associated with the ark. Everybody in Obed-Edom's house is blessed. And David said, God says, go get his presence. David goes back and this time he does it right. As opposed to putting it on an oxen, he carries it on the shoulders of men. And David has four men carrying the ark with the rod so none of them would have to touch it on his shoulder. But here's what God said. And God said to David, you ought to be so glad that the presence of God is on its way to your house that every six steps you ought to stop 
and praise God. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I wish I can preach this, Elder Jennifer. So they marched six steps. And David said, oh, hold it. And they began to dance before the Lord. They began to shout before the Lord. Somebody ought to be able to shout over where God is headed. Somebody ought to be able to give God your best praise over what God is going to do when he shows up at your house, at your son's house, at your daughter's house. Anybody want to declare and decree with me the presence of God is on his way to your family's house? Woo. And so David, every six steps, David stops and David gives God a praise. <laughs> I am so glad that some folk don't have to wait until it's over to praise God. I am, any, anybody in here, don't fool me now. Anyone in here ever gave God a praise on your way to a better day? Anyone can praise God when a better day comes. I, I just need y'all, y'all, y'all indulge me for a moment. Anyone in here ever praise God on your way to things getting better? If you're in the house, then just throw your head back and shabbat the Lord your God. Woo, look at somebody say, I'm not there yet, but I'm praising God because I know it's on its way. And every six steps, I can stop what I'm doing and give God a prayer. You don't have to wait until Sunday to praise God. You can praise God six days before Sunday. Clap those hands. Give God your best praise. I feel like preaching. And so, here it is. <laughs> David then arrives in Jerusalem. <laughs> and he is so happy. He is thrilled that the mission is accomplished. The presence of God back in Jerusalem. The Bible says David then has a Holy Ghost praise street party good God almighty see some of you are already too up in it praise God in church much less on the street but David was the king the royal priest and he says we're having a street party and we are praising God in front of everybody and the Bible says he took off his royal garment had on his linen ephod his royal priestly clothes and he danced before the Lord clothes all in the street running around twirling skipping jumping hollering all before the Lord waving his hands like he has lost his mind the king of Israel out there praising God like you don't care who's watching you I wish I had some undignified praisers in here that can care less about the clothes you got on what folk think about your praise you know that God has accomplished a mission in your life and done something that only God can do you've got 30 seconds to put your best praise on it In fact, everybody ought to be on your feet. You, you ought to 
take 10 seconds. Look at somebody and say, God did it. Say, God has done this. Say, God has blessed me. God has accomplished only what God can do. And I don't care what you think about my praise. I see some testimonies on the quad. I see some testimonies on the mother and boy. I see some deacons on their feet. I see some folk in the balcony waving your hand and say, look what the Lord has. But for every praiser, there's a hater. I need seven more minutes. Look at somebody and say, for every praiser, there's a hater. And some of your worst haters are close to you. Some of your worst haters are in your own house, own family members, folk that ought to know better. But that's all right. David's uppity, sedity, bougie wife, the daughter of King Saul, the one who was raised in the palace, the one who had never walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Most of your haters have never been through what you've been through. David's hater, his wife never knew what it was to run for her life. She never had to encourage herself. So she didn't know anything about praising God in difficult times. So the Bible said she looked out of her window, saw David, was upset, and said it doesn't take all of that. Why are you behaving in such a shameful, undignified manner? Don't you know who you are? But every now and then, you got to tell your story, even to your haters. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, there's a story behind this praise. David looked his wife in the face and said, woman, can I tell you something? You don't know my story. The fact of the matter, I ought not be here today. Your father ought to be king. But God made a way out of nowhere. Somebody that know what God has done for you, you ought to clap your hands and open your mouth and shabbat the Lord your God. Throw your head back and tell the Lord, thank you. Somebody ought to say, thank you. Thank you. Ought not be here today, but God, but God, but God. Somebody give God your best praise.
Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. It worship us and it praise us to know what the Lord has done. Somebody said, but God, but God, but God, God lifted you up, turned you around. Reason you got that job is because of God. Reason you got your position is because of God. Reason you live in that community. Reason you live where you live. Drive what you drive. Where would you wear? Somebody ought to put a Holy Ghost praise over your Gucci life, over your Louis Vuitton life. You ought to give God your best prayer. That's right. Come on.
direction on Tuesday night. On Tuesday night, we're going to talk about re-wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powerful spiritual wickedness in high places. But there are three things that I want to share that I'm going to put on the board. Three takeaways, and we'll leave it here because these things bless me. Number one, God says every real praise Look at somebody and say, every real praise has a story. Folk may not know your story, but if you've got a real praise, you, you have a story of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Here's number two. And this, every good story. Anyone in here has got a story? Has God been good to you? Every good story ought to have a praise. Now, you may not uh, jump and shout and run, but if God has been good to you, there ought to be some way, somehow. The old folk used to say, if you can't say a word, Ooh, I'll just wait. Look at somebody and say every good story ought to have a praise. And here's the last one. We must not be ashamed to display our praise or to tell our story. Psalms 107 verse 3 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed out of the hands of the enemies amen listen as we conclude this message those of us like David who can testify of God's protection and the witnesses who can testify of God's provision and the witnesses who can testify of God's promotion. <laughs> we too should praise God without shame, with all of our might, even if others 
think of it as undignified. Don't worry about what folks say about your praise. They don't know your story. Look at somebody and say, my worship is for real. Listen to the words that Bishop Larry Trotter writes in this powerful song. You don't know my story. All the things that I've been through. You can't feel my pain. <laughs> and what I had to go through to get here. Ooh, <laughs> I feel something. You will never understand my praise. Don't try to figure it out. Somebody turn to somebody and say, because my worship, tell them my worship is for real. I've been through too much. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Holy Ghost. I've been through too much not to worship him. <laughs> Anybody's been through too much? That's why I lift my voice and declare hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, my worship. My worship is for real. Come on, quiet, Francis, quiet. Sing it. All the things that I've been through. That's my testimony. You can't feel my pain. Yeah, yeah. What I had to go through to get here. Personal, y'all. It's personal. Ooh. Because my words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My words is for me.
All the worshipers, come on, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My worshiping. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. David's worship was for real because he had a genuine relationship with the Lord his God. David was certainly not perfect. Amen. We know about his affair. David had a son with another woman. <laughs> David committed things that Others perhaps would have been written off. But what separated David from everybody else was Psalms 51. <laughs> Other folk, when it's not for real, you cover it up. But when it's for real, you create in me a clean heart. Against you only have I committed this sin. Woo! Whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. It begins today with your relationship. Relationship is not church attendance. Ooh, God appreciates the fact that you are in here. That so many of you are here on this Sunday morning speaks well of you. But church attendance can't deliver you late in the midnight hour Ooh, you need a relationship with the Lord so every parent with a child that have not committed to something greater than yourself ask yourself why haven't I taken the next step Ooh, why haven't I gone further and so on this day Ooh, God is inviting someone today to take that next step. You need to take the step so that when your back is against the wall, you don't need Pastor Jackson to come to your house and lay hands on you. But you can just lift your hands and say, in the name of Jesus, uh, it's for real. Come on and tell him again. Uh, You're so God Eternal Father, we thank you. Ah, Lord, we thank you. For every praise has a story. And every story ought to have a praise. There's some stories in all of our lives. Things that you did that only you could do. That's why our story has a praise. And it's for real.
Thank you, Lord, for that body that was touched and healed. Ooh, thank you for being a heart fixer. Someone broke our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for when we almost lost our sanity, you became a mind regulator. Ooh, <laughs> it's for real. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. When our families were falling apart, you brought joy, unspeakable joy. Thank you for restoration, reunion. Thank you for what only you could have done. And that's why we praise you. Someone here today, someone viewing by way of the internet, Someone listening by way of radio want to make that next step. Not a step of membership only, but a step of commitment to you. Ooh. Committing to the God, to our creator. And we say thank you. For this is our prayer. In your name we pray. And all the worshipers, ooh, and all the worshipers, Say amen. Look at somebody and say, it's for real. Woo, it's for real. If you want to make that commitment, if you want to join the church, you want to commit your life to the Lord, amen. Come on. You don't, you don't have to be the way you are, go the way you come. Somebody, God is calling you my worship. Walk down those aisles and stand. God's calling you right now. Yeah. Wherever you are, wherever you are, God's calling you right now. Somebody's ready to make that next step. God, I love all the ones that know the Lord. I love you. Uh, just wave those hands in the air. Ooh, uh, come on and tell the Lord I. All the worshipers, come on and tell them,